Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Anthony Tinker, here with the impressive... Wow, Father Peter Teresa McConnell. Oh, I thank you very much. That was a uh, it was a very like smooth, like jazz esque intro to this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was something. There's something like a like a jazz like radio disc jockey or something. Yeah. Like oh wow. Okay. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, smooth about it. If you want to be smooth on the Franciscan Friar of the Holy Spirit mm. side of things, um, please like, subscribe, follow our podcast. Also, um, we'd love to, we do, we send emails with our podcasts and do, other yeah. such things. So we need your email address. Please go to our website, becomefire.faith and give us your email address to or send an email to info becomefire.faith uh, or there's a contact us form at the website. Any way to contact us, get us your email, except for emailing either of us directly. Probably a bad yes. idea. <laughs> I'm you can do that as well. Just, uh, you know, it has to go through, you know, all those. My brain, yeah, which exactly. is just a quagmire. It has too of, many things going yes, on. For sure. And um, and please, if you have any desires for the podcast, any comments, we'd love to hear from yes. you. Info become faith, So that we can do, we're, we're just here to serve. We're, we're just, here to serve. Uh, we're, we're here to give the people what they want. We, exactly. We're trying to, to bring people to God and we want you to bring your friends to God. So Amen. it's also Amen. like, hey. This, these topics are really things I can share with my friends mm-hmm. and they really relate to. And that's why we're doing this. We just did the the Storms podcast, which got a yep. lot of positive reviews. A lot of people said, man, that was really touching, really Praise personal. Praise God, yeah. So doing the meeting God in the mountaintops experiences and it's coming to experience God because we're all looking for this experience of God. How can we in the mountaintops of our lives experience God and yeah. what leads us to the mountaintops? Mm-hmm. We've gone through Moses and a couple of stories from his life. That's right. We talked about the burning bush and what mm-hmm. led him to the burning bush and what God did through the burning bush. And then we talked about the receiving of the commandments. Yeah. No, sorry. Well, more it was the receiving of the commandments, but it's particularly God showing himself. Right. To revealing himself. Moses revealing yeah. himself, revealing his glory. And and we've we got this insights as to who God is and I think a very beautiful mm. way. And then who dispositions of our hearts to prepare ourselves to encounter God. And we're gonna take the next step in um this direction as we talk about Elijah. That's right. Another not Deacon Elijah, unfortunately. Not Deacon Elijah, no. Yeah. Um, but he's named after that's right. The prophet Elijah. Yeah. Who Maybe one day Deacon Elijah can share with him some of his mountaintop experiences. Probably has had many. Yes. So the problem is we just have no experience <laughs> with these things. So we're just kind of talking That's about right, yeah. We're just talking other about other hand. people's experiences. He, he and Brother Lawrence yeah. are here. They can talk yeah. about actual yes. mountaintop experiences. That's right. Yes. <laughs> How the Lord has revealed himself to them. Yes. I climbed a high mountain. Yeah. Yeah. You tell us all this. Well, prepare for the priesthood. You know, God's probably. Amen. Yeah. Uh, pray for Deacon Elijah. He'll be a priest in June of 2024. Woo-hoo. Very exciting. We're in First Kings chapter 19. Amen. Let's give ourselves some context here. Uh, Elijah has come on the scene and Ahab's king and Ahab is married to Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel are bad characters of the Bible. They Not so good. Murderers. Yeah. Idolaters. So they are yeah. big into worshiping Baal. This, uh, where it's, A lot of that worship includes child sacrifice. Yeah. And so they're doing bad things in Israel. So God sends Elijah to say, hey, it's not going to rain. So Elijah announces it's not going to rain. And then he goes and lives with the widow of Zarephah. And they, you know, basically they're relying on miraculously God's taking care mm. of them. There's been no rain. There's huge famine, huge droughts. And um, so finally, Elijah's like, all right, let's see who the real God is. And he ha- has this challenge to the prophets of Baal. He says, hey, I've sent them all up to Mount Carmel. 
and we're going to meet and have this in God encounter. And basically, it's a huge challenge. Elijah says, you call down upon your gods, and they'll try yes. to consume this altar with fire. I'll call upon the God of Israel. Um, prophets of Baal, unsuccessful. Very unsuccessful. Very unsuccessful. Epic fail on their part. But epic success for the prophet Elijah. Amen who God calls to answers in fire, consumes the offering, consumes, yes. the, consumes the altar itself, just comes in, in, yes. in all, and there's all this water, which is very valuable because it's a drought. Mm-hmm. And God just laps it all up, just everything gone. So Elijah then slits the throats of the <laughs> 500 prophets in Baal. <laughs> well, Jezebel... Vengeance is mine, Yeah, Jezebel is not happy about this, no. the queen. And so she's seeking the life of Elijah. So Elijah has thought, like, okay, finally. We're doing mm-hmm. this big test. Ever been this experience? Like God is going to show up, and the people yeah. are going to be. And and sometimes you're like, and then God does show up. Like yes. God, he's like, finally, and he tells the people, listen, either worship Baal or worship, you know, the the true God, the God of Israel. God of Israel shows up. He's like, finally, people are going to worship. What yeah. happens? They try to kill him. Mm-hmm. So Jezebel is, sends the army after him. He's been hiding. He's actually, um, you know, hanging out and a. Um, an angel appears to him and it's like, hey, eat a bunch of food and mm-hmm. head off to this mountain. So he eats, he drinks, and then he has to travel. And we hear he ate and drank food and then went and strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horab, the Mount of God. Yeah. Um, I don't know anywhere in Israel that it takes 40 days to travel from one place to another. So mm, that's an interesting point. Um, maybe just very rocky ground, short travel. I'm just yes. gonna think that this is probably a, a metaphorical 40 days and 40 yeah. nights. There was a long journey. Yeah. He needed to be strengthened for the journey. But he's taking this long journey. Yeah. Um, this this long journey that depleted his strength. But God strengthened him with an angel to yeah. feed him, to prepare him. And maybe God had him wander around like the people of Israel. Yeah, I wonder if it took him so well because he had to kind of move clandestinely because people yeah. are out for his life. So he can only move a little bit at a time. And yeah, you know, it's he's very slowly true. making his way there. Very possible. Um, but eventually he gets there and he goes up and he's living in a cave. And then if you don't mind, starting with us on 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. Amen. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Let's stop there. So, just where Elijah is mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically. Right. I mean, he's drained. <laughs> yes. He is drained. I mean, he's gone. He, there's a drought, right? And he's yeah. been affected too. He's been eating like miraculous bread mm-hmm. from this widow and then miraculously fed by an angel, then traveling, like you said, clandestinely. They're seeking his life. And he's like, listen, Lord, I've been jealous for you. And all they've done is yeah. killed prophets and they're trying to kill me. And I'm worn out. Mm-hmm. I'm worn out and I'm struggling. And you've called me up to this mountain. Like, what am I doing here? It's mm-hmm. kind of the impression I get from Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny that, you know, the Lord asks, what are you doing here, Elijah? And it's kind of like, well, you're the one who told me to come here in the first place. And I just, I've been doing everything you told me to do, you know, just defeated, you know, the pagan, the pagan gods in your kingdom. And I'm running for my life. And it's just like, <laughs> what do you mean? What am I doing here? And I feel like I'm a failure. Yeah. Because I'm a prophet of Israel, and as a prophet, I'm supposed to call people back to you. Mm. And what have the people done? They've forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars. They've killed your prophets. Like, I've been completely unsuccessful in my mission. I am a failure, is what Elijah is 
uh, th- thinking and feeling is what it sounds like. Yeah. And so God answers. And so let's go on. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Okay, let's... This is a very, very famous verse, yeah. a very, very powerful yeah. verse from Scripture, and so fascinating mm-hmm. in so many ways. What, what I find interesting is, so he's, he tells him, go out. So go out of the cave and stand on the mountain. I'm going to encounter you on the mountain. Right? Yeah. And it says, the Lord passed by, mm-hmm. which, I mean, brings up so many biblical references. We have the Passover Right, which would probably yes. is very important. The Lord passing, and then we talked about uh, Moses and how the Lord passed by. He couldn't see the Lord's face; right. covered him his, with the clouds. He covered mm-hmm. him over, and then as he passed by, the cloud lifted, and uh, Moses was able to experience the presence of God in that moment. It even makes me think of the stories we were just covering with the storms, where in one of them, where the Lord means to pass them by. Yeah, um, and so there's this like the Lord is just passing by, but it seems as add the Lord passed by, and here's what happens when the Lord passes mm-hmm. by. A great strong wind tore the mountain and broke it in pieces. So obviously, the Lord is passing by, and this stuff is happening. Yes. But it tells us, but the Lord was not in the wind. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this reality, that, mm-hmm. that God shows up, and the wind starts to happen, but the Lord's not in the wind. And, and because I think so often this is what happens, right? We're in the middle of our despair, of our d- d- difficulties, and with the Lord is like, hey, I'm coming. And he's passing by, and stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. And and but but it's it's not what the Lord wants us to focus on. It just yes. can become a distraction. That but it is the Lord. I, I think testing Elijah mm-hmm. to recognize: Is he going to wait for the still small voice, or is he going to get caught up in these other things that are just the the preliminary, the the prelude, the the the, the preparing of Elijah's soul. So I, I just feels like God is preparing Elijah's soul right now yeah. for the encounter with him. But there's all these big things that are happening that, that, that he has to test. I want to say he's been through so many tests, mm-hmm. but the final one, are you going to get distracted by the wind and the, the, the earthquake, the earthquake and, the fire, and the storm and the um, fire or not? Or, or are you going to wait till you encounter my presence? Not in all the external things. And this is something we, the theme we have focused on again and again and again and again, we're going to focus on that Elijah is, t- that the temptation is to get focused on the externals of what God does mm-hmm. instead of the encounter with who God is. And so God is starting to move, and as God moves, stuff happens. Yeah. And the temptation is, oh, great, I want to get focused in on all the stuff God is doing, but lose track of relationship with the Lord. And just like he's seen when he killed the prophets of Baal, like you can do all the, all the externals, fire can come down from heaven, but it doesn't mean people are going to believe because there's no encounter. They have to encounter the living God personally. And, and so God is, is one last time testing Elijah to say, are you going to wait for the encounter, or are you going to get focused in on the externals? Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but he is on Mount Horeb currently. Yeah, that is correct. And is this the same mountain that Moses went up as well? Mm-hmm. So he's on the same mountain that Moses went up to encounter the Lord. And even this this wind and this fire and this earthquake, 
these were some of the, the, the signs of the manifestation of the Lord's presence when Moses went up the mountain. Um, and, and Elijah is, 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 seems very clear on it and, 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 and knows right away that the Lord is not in any of those things. And I think that's, that's so interesting. And, and, and so, so this is how the Lord has communicated with prophets in the past. Uh, and he's seeing those same things. He's gone to the same place, seeing the same manifestations, but he knows that the Lord is not in it. And, and I think, you know, how, how often maybe we want to do this in our own spiritual lives where, uh, we had some experience of God, maybe at some place with some person, uh, some event, some encounter, and the Lord spoke to us. It was dramatic. It was powerful. It was, it was beautiful. It was great. It was awesome. And, and then we find ourselves in, 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 a, in a tough spot in a situation. And we kind of just want to go back to that. We want to just, um, we want to go back to that encounter. And, and the Lord's saying, well, I'm not in that anymore. I'm not doing that thing right now. I, I did that thing once for you uh, in a time, in a season, in a moment. Um, and I manifested myself in this way for you, uh, for your good. But now there's a, another revelation. There's a, there's a, there's a deepening. There's a, a, a drawing into. There's something else that I want to give you right now. And, and, and will you, like you're saying, kind of wait it out for that? Will you be patient for that? Will you... Will you meet me there instead? Uh, we'll move into this because we're mm -hmm. going to move into the transfiguration. Mm. But I think it's a good illusion to talk about it now. You talked about Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, which is the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. It's also the place where Elijah has this encounter. Who are, it happen to be the two figures yes. who come and meet Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. Mount, yeah. So it's this beautiful um uh, you know, this mountain of God, mm -hmm. this mountain where God meets the people with the covenant, but he said it meets people with a prophecy, but it's something new. It's something different. It's something new. Yeah. It's not each time back, it's something new, but it, but it is a, a new, just as he gave him the 10 commandments and he encountered Moses there, he's giving something to Elijah. He's, he, he's, he's manifesting something to yeah. Elijah, which can be so important because the law and the prophets will be represented there with Jesus. And so here they is the greatest of the prophets is encountering God and he's being tested like mm -hmm. a prophet is. And, and, and just as Moses was tested by what the people did, right? And they started worshiping golden calf. How is Moses going to respond yeah. as the intercessor? El Elijah is being tested. How is he going to respond in the midst of all the persecution and all the difficulty and all the struggle? Who is he going to turn to? Where is he going to turn in the midst of the storms that come to him, even as he's on the mountain waiting for God? Yeah. Do you find any significance to the reality that it's uh, as to these things specifically? It's a wind. It's a fire. Sorry, it's a wind, it's an earthquake, and it's a fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, because these are the, I think, I think like at the very least on, on the, on the surface level, like these are the manifestations that accompanied Moses on the mountain receiving mm -hmm. the, uh, but then it, it kind of begs the, your further question of like, well, why these things? And um, I think it is, just the revelation of of God's might, of God's power, of God's grandeur, uh, it, it, it initially, and then I think He's about to reveal then to then contrast it to His His humility, what, how He's going to reveal Himself to Elijah, and so 
you know, we might say it's kind of like ancient, um, like fireworks and neon signs and, and things to really this dramatic way of, of getting the attention to show them just how powerful is, just how magnificent he is, just how awesome he is. Um, and now Elijah's going to get this, this new invitation, this new revelation uh, from God here in this moment. And you know what's interesting? This is the exact same descriptors of Pentecost. Hmm. There's a strong rushing wind, the sound of a strong rushing wind that shakes the building, wind, earthquake, and then yes. tongues of fire yes. come down upon the people. Uh, which makes me think, and, and then what happens? Silence. Yeah. That oftentimes we think about the apostles going out and everything else. But I would imagine that in that encounter where the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and the apostles and the disciples who are gathered there, a moment of deep, deep, deep silence mm -hmm. where everyone is encountering God and there's a fullness. There's, you can tell you there's a silence that's just yes. empty, but there's a silence that's full. And this, this full, empty silence erupts after the wind and the shaking and mm -hmm. the fire. And so the same things happened to Elijah. It's almost a precursor to Pentecost yes. um, and the coming of the Holy Spirit where there's this mighty rushing wind, this strong earthquake and this fire, but God's not in any of those things. They're just manifestations yeah. that God's about to show up. Yeah. That God's just preparing the way um, as a sign that I'm about to show up. And God shows up in this Low, low whisper, whispering, Still sound, small the sound of a low whisper. Mm -hmm. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, which is hilarious because I felt like he already came out of the cave. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, it's like, you just, so I'm trying to ask myself, what is God telling, trying yeah. to tell us? So I've, I've, I'm one of those things I've thought about this before and I've never been able to figure out like, mm. what God, what he trying to say. If you have any great insights, I'd love to hear them. But because God has said, um, earlier, um, come out of the cave, right? Yes. Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And yet, even before he gets out, there's all this stuff is happening. Yeah. And then he comes up, but there's something about this, the importance of this coming out of the cave. Mm -hmm. He was in the cave, the cave of hiding, the cave of fear, the cave of shame. Mm. And he was stuck yes. in those places and put God wanted an encounter. And he had to come out of the cave for that to happen. He had to come out of that place of fear and hiding and shame because Jezebel's trying to kill him. He's been yeah. wandering. He's been, he's alone. He's struggling. He's going through difficulties, but God said, no, come out of the cave. So he's stepping out of it. And whether he was in the cave before or after or what happened mm -hmm. with all these things. He went in. Day. It was terrible out there. He crawled back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is and, pretty crazy out here. I'm going to crawl back in. Yeah. And so he comes out. Um, and we're, we're at, he's asked again. You, if you want to, I guess it will let you continue reading. Them right yeah, there. yeah. And he stood at the entrance of the cave and behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. So he's repeating mm -hmm. what he said before. Yes. So he got her in this, um, he's stuck. <clears throat> mm. He's stuck. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in this place where you're just stuck. And God's like, how are you doing? And you're like, du -du 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 -du, you know, yes. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then God's like, okay, I'm going to come. Yeah. And you encounter, you have this profound encounter, the still small voice, and you've wrapped your clothes, you're prostrate before mm -hmm. the Lord. He's like, how are you doing? And you're like, 
bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. just, even in the encounter, there's still all that stuff. All the baggage is still there, mm-hmm. which is why the Lord wants to free him from the baggage because yeah. he's stuck. He's stuck in all the stuff that has happened, all the hurt, all the pain, all the difficulty. I, I think like <clears throat> it is so interesting that they have the same conversation at the beginning and at the middle of this encounter. And, 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 and I find that, um, you know, they might be like, well, that's annoying. Like, why is he doing that? But I think there's actually something really beautiful about that where, where the Lord's not asking, you know, why are you here? Because he doesn't know as if, as if it's a mystery as to why Elijah is on the mountain at this very moment, uh, the Lord knows exactly why Elijah is there. The Lord sent him there. And yet the Lord still asks the question, why are you here? And I think it's this, this revelation to us that, um, that the all-knowing God um, just wants to know, you know, what we're doing and, and how we're doing. And so he asks, you know, why are you here? And Elijah just tells him exactly why. He tells him how terrible everything is. And Elijah is then just able to open that space, that place in his heart, that all of that grief, all of that anger, all of that frustration out to the Lord. And, uh, and then the Lord asks him again, why are you here? And, and again, Elijah has to just open his heart with all of that grief, all of that frustration, all of that confusion, all of that anger back open to the Lord again. And, and so I think it's this reminder, it's this invitation that the Lord's going to ask us once, twice, three, however many times, just why are we here? How are you doing? And, and if we're in the same place that we were yesterday or the day before that, we can just continue to be honest and vulnerable with the Lord because he's meeting us. He's meeting, he wants to meet us right where Elijah is um, and, and how Elijah is. And so the Lord is just revealing just how just how persistently interested he is and, and how uh, his his servant, his his friend Elijah is doing in this moment. Yeah. I find it so beautiful that um, the personal nature Mm. of God that he's just he's there he's with him and he cares for him mm-hmm. like like it's not it, it, it's go with what you're saying like he knows the struggle he's going through mm-hmm. and he's he's gonna keep working on his heart it, it's just awe-inspiring yeah as to who God really is yeah um but then he's given a commission yes and the Lord said to him go Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Maholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Okay, first I find very interesting that the Lord gives these two replies. Mm -hmm. And the first reply is an encounter. The second reply is 
a calling forth. Mm-hmm. And but the, the the encounter has to come first. Yes. But oftentimes we want the okay, Lord, like no, show me what to do. Show me what to yeah. do. I'm gonna go. But Lord's like, no, no, no. First the encounter. So his first response, Elijah's bringing the exact same complaint up twice. Mm-hmm. But the first response is, I'm going to encounter you. And he encounters him in this still small voice, in the silence, in the quiet. I don't think we talked enough about it, so I probably skipped over it too quickly. But just the, we talked about that profound silence. Yes. That's where we encounter God. Mm-hmm. We encounter God in the profound silence. So we didn't emphasize that enough. That's where the place of encounter is. We've got to get in the silence if we want to encounter God. And I do find it interesting that we're, that, you know, we, we talk about like mountaintop experiences as, like peak experience, dramatic experiences. Elijah's mountaintop experience is hearing a whisper. Um, you know, so not all mountaintop experiences have to be flashbang, exciting, lightning bolt, Paul off the horse. Um, some peak experiences, some mountaintop experiences are just encountering the Lord and in the whisper and the simple and uh, the quiet and and that's a mountaintop experience. And, and we meet the Lord God Almighty in that way. Um, and then he's given action. And his specific action is to go and to anoint another prophet. Mm-hmm. And to anoint two kings. Like, hey, Ahab's been really bad. <laughs> We're going to change. A change of guard. Like these yeah. men who've messed with you, who've been hard to you, yeah. like the, the things are changing. And we're going to have a prophet to continue. So he's the one that says complaints. There's there's no prophets mm-hmm. and the people don't follow. So we're going to get ourselves a new prophet. We're going to get ourselves new people in charge. Yeah. And so now we're going to put into action. Like I'm, and this is so beautiful. The Lord hears the complaint the whole time. Yeah. But uh, Elijah, for, and, it, and this has been the same complaints for Elijah for a long time. Mm-hmm. But first there's the encounter that has to happen. But then after the encounter is the action. And the action is like, well, now everybody's going to start worshiping me. No, the encounter is, the action is, well, we're going to get another prophet who's also going to yes. be persecuted. And some new leadership <laughs> also, who also are going to be pretty bad. They're yes. not going to be great. So, yes. uh, the, but but it's like, well, Lord, this doesn't feel like it really answers my my problem or complaint. But in the Lord's plans and timing, like it is according to his desire, according to his will. I think that's, uh, that's interesting to kind of maybe contextualize some of the, the political history here that, okay, the, the leadership is really bad. And the Lord's like, okay, we're going to give you new leadership. And then they kind of turn out to be not so great either. And and so what is so what is the most important thing that Elijah has has received in in this this encounter with the Lord? Was it the news that okay, we're gonna have a change of guard, we're gonna get a new prophet, we're gonna get new leadership? Like, well, like no, like men fail. Um, like like the the politics of man are actually not going to rectify your situation. But but you've come up here and you've met me in the still small voice, and that that is is of way more significance, way more importance, way more value, and and way more sustaining for you in this journey than the changing of the guard that's about to take place. And you know what? Elijah doesn't even fulfill this command. <laughs> of the three people he's called to anoint, he only anoints Elisha. Okay. Elisha anoints the other two. Okay. So obviously he passed on the command. Yes. Good on him. Yeah, like he yeah. told Elisha what to do. And these two men do get anointed that's by Elisha. So funny. But Elijah himself doesn't actually mm-hmm. fulfill this command. I'm guessing because Ahab was still around. I don't know what, what right, led to it. I don't right. know why. Yeah. He's like a flaming chariot. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but I've done my part. It's Elisha yeah. actually is the one who anoints mm. Yehu and Hazael. Um, Interesting. All he does is anoint Elisha yeah. these three. So okay. I, I kind of was like, at the same time, you have to fulfill, like God will just be open to yeah. like, 
in this great prophet who came to fly in his sermon, like maybe that's what God wanted. Maybe it's not. Maybe he mm-hmm. wanted him to do those anointings and he didn't. Sure, sure. Uh, in time, in a timely yeah. fashion. And so it's like, well, also you ask, hey, God, I want, you know, tell me what to do, to yep. et cetera. Well, get on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at the same time, like Lord speaks. It's a, it's a call of action. I yeah. want us to go. Um, and so that's it for encountering the mountaintop. If you can believe it, we are yeah, out we of just time. Did Elijah. We've encountered God, but just hopefully the good deacon approves of our of yeah, our reflection so. upon we, his we love the good deacon. Yeah. But I do want to encourage once again that we encounter the encounter of God is first in the middle of the complaints, mm-hmm. the difficulties, the struggles, and it's in the still small voice. Yes. Not in the not in the earthquake, not in the wind, uh the strong raging wind, not in the fire. In the still small voice, in the whisper, in the quiet. So I encourage everybody to take some time every day in the quiet. It's really taking holy hours on at least a weekly yes. basis um, to take that time with God. Um, you know, we can find time for our priorities. We always have time for our Amen. priorities. Make yeah. silence with God a priority that He might encounter you, and He will work through these difficulties because the encounter comes first. And without the encounter, you're not going to get through the problems. You might have actions He wants you to do, but you've got to have the encounter first, or else um, you'll be led astray. Amen. So, Father, we're yes. in the middle of a multi-part Ooh, question. That's right. A um, dinner party. Your dinner party. You've given us, so you you're, have four people who are allowed to come. Right. Um, two people who you know. Um, no, no, sorry, two people who are currently alive. Right. One who you know, one who you don't know. Right. Two people who are dead. One who is a saint and one who's historical. You've given us our, your historical figure, J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. Who is the next person you're inviting to your dinner party? And it's it's not just a party. I don't want to say it's like, you. You're actually, it's four different dinners. With four different people. Oh, so you get they're not all together. Not all together. You get one on one time. Oh, wow. So I thought, well, can 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 there be a fifth dinner where all five of us are hanging out? Sure. Because <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, too. One on one with someone that I know. That's, that's, that could be awkward. Uh, a saint yes. or someone you know. Someone or, who is, who is dead, who is a saint. Or someone who's currently alive who you don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm gonna say the my my namesake. I'm gonna say Mother Teresa. Okay. Uh, I feel like could just ask her a lot of questions on religious life. Ask her a lot of questions about you know ministry, the ministry that she did, and maybe I get some advice and some pointers for her on that. Uh, and you know, she's like, I took my name after. Her. I might get some brownie points from her. You know, Mother Teresa, like. The, the MCs, the, you know, the, the sisters, like, just took good care of me. They just mothered me. They just gave me some some good, holy, feminine, you know, uh, TLC. And so I just think, you know, it'd be great to just have dinner with her and just let her just kind of, just let her love on me, you yeah. know? And you I know, get, the problem with that would be you'd be automatically declared the retreat director and spiritual director <laughs> for all the MCs. <laughs> and they just want to hear about your dinner with Mother Teresa. <laughs> Like, it's like, well, sorry, guys. I'm there are ministry. worse fates. There's worse fates. There are worse Hard fates that I can suffer, yeah. But no, that would be wonderful to spend time with Mother Teresa <laughs> yeah. and just to, yeah. to hear uh, yeah. her insights. Amen. Especially, I mean, it's a nice thing about us. I'm uh, kind of a modern-day saint. Right. She knows what the, what the world is facing right now. Yes. So very relevant answers to relevant questions. Mm-hmm. Will you close us in a prayer, Father? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being with us this day. And Lord, we just ask that... that Uh, that you would just find us wherever we are, whatever we're going through, uh, whether we're on the mountain, whether we're in the valley, whether we're in the plain, that you would come to us, that you would find us, and that you would draw near to us, and uh, and that you would just give us your peace uh, and a stillness of mind, a stillness of heart uh, to to draw near to you and to hear you in the low whisper and the still small voice. 
uh, so that we would just know that, that you are always with us, uh, and that your love and that your mercy are, are always for us and, and pouring forth from, from your open side and your most sacred heart. And may the blessing of Almighty God come upon each and every one of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.